cross, Jesus was buried in a fresh tomb. But as we know, this burial is not the end of the story. What do these four Gospels, these four accounts, say about Jesus' resurrection, or the rising from the dead? Let's first look at the sequence of events over the period of time after Jesus' death to the ascended. Now remember, these Gospels are documents which have recorded historical events. And enough of my voice again. My friends Chris and Sue are going to share a Bible reading and also give us an overview of the events about what the Gospel narratives say about the tomb being empty and the resurrection appearances of Jesus. Okay, and the reading is from Mark chapter 15. Uh, verse 40, and it goes right through to chapter 16 and verse 8. And there were also women looking on from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, and Mary the mother of James, the younger brother, the younger, and of Joseph and Salome. When he was in Galilee, they followed him and ministered to him. And there were also many other women who came up to, with him to Jerusalem. And when evening had come, since it was the day of preparation, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council, who was also himself looking for the kingdom of God, took courage and went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate was surprised to hear that he should have already died. And suddenly in the centurion, he asked him whether he was already dead. And when he learned from the centurion that he was dead, he granted the corpse to Joseph. And Joseph bought a linen shroud, and taking him down, wrapped him in, in the linen shroud, and laid him in the tomb. Sorry, and laid him in the tomb that had been cut out and rock. And he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalena, and Mary the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalena, mother, uh, Mary the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so that they might go and anoint Jesus' body. Very early in the, on, the, on the first day of the week, sorry, <laughs> very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb. And they asked each other, who will roll away the stone? from the entrance of the tomb. But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in white, dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. Go tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Here are the events surrounding the empty tomb. The two Marys watched the burial. The Roman soldiers guard the tomb and place an official Roman signal upon it. The women prepared burial spices, then rest. An angel rolls away the stone. Women arrive at dawn with spices. The angels appear to the women. 
They were in doubt about to tell the disciples. And John and Peter investigate the empty tomb. And Peter and John go home. Mary Magdalene weeps by the tomb. And then Mary sees the two angels. Here are all of Jesus' appearances in his resurrected body. Jesus appears to Mary Magdalena. Jesus appears to the other women. Women report to the disciples. Guards testify to the priests. Jesus meets two people on the, on the Emmaus Road. Jesus appears to Simon Peter. Two report to the disciple, report to disciples in Jerusalem. Jesus appears to the disciples, bless Thomas. Disciples report to Thomas, Jesus appears to the disciples and to Thomas. Jesus appears to seven people. Thanks, Chris. Uh, a look in the Gospel and in the book of Acts after Jesus has been raised and then you'll notice the changed attitude of the disciples after seeing him. They changed from defeated, cowardly people to victorious and brave people, so something must have happened. Nobody who could have produced the dead body of Jesus did. They could have quashed this like a bug. Their silence is as significant as the preaching of the apostles. As we've read, as Sue told us, there are multiple accounts of people appearing to various numbers of individuals and groups of people at various times of the day in differing circumstances. What about the survival and inordinate growth and impact of the early church and the fact that the church is still growing 2,000 years later? If there was no bodily resurrection of Jesus, would people really have risked persecution and death for knowing and knowingly knowing a lie? One or two people, maybe, but not hundreds of thousands. And the existence of the church today is the greatest evidence that Jesus Christ rose bodily from the dead. That's that for a while, Factor Sue. <laughs> and what's the significance of the resurrection? The resurrection of Jesus Christ provided the central theme for the sermons and teachings of the early church. And certainly within Pauline theology. But what significance is there for us of this resurrection? Well, the resurrection proved and vindicated all of Jesus' teachings and claims to be the suffering servant. And attested to his being fully God and the last judge of all humanity. The resurrection declared God's approval of Jesus' obedient service and the fulfilment of all the Old Testament promises resulting in forgiveness of sins and salvation being only found in and through Jesus Christ. And that was the prime motivation for evangelism in the early church. Perhaps we could learn a lesson from the early church there. The resurrection vindicates Jesus' faith in God the Father to raise him back to life. Jesus' resurrection is a sign of the, the bodily resurrection for all believers in him, giving a new attitude to death and transforming hopes. As the resurrected King, Jesus now intercedes for us and has perfected the redemption of all those who choose to follow him. So I have to 
again. Are you following him? The resurrection of Jesus' physical body is a sure victory over Satan, sin, evil and death. They're all conquered and squashed. Old hairy-legged Satan is a defeated creature, but he will do anything to drag people into defeat with him. The power of sin is conquered. Are you struggling with some aspect of sin? Take it that it's been conquered. Sin's grip is overcome if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. Finally, as I said earlier, death has been defeated. It's been beaten. Because those who believe and trust in Jesus Christ will live for him forever. For death is not a beginning, an end, but a beginning. And if Jesus Christ didn't physically rise from the dead, then we who are Christians and call ourselves Christians are the product of the greatest delusion and lie of all time. And we are, as Dawkins would say, the most foolish of people. As for sin, evil and death, well, they're still with us. One day they'll be banished, but for now, to help us endure, we have a helper because of Jesus' resurrection. The Holy Spirit, sent by the Father and the Son, lives inside us if we're believers. This Holy Spirit is a help, a comforter, and a guide as we face daily pressures from sin, evil, and death, suffering and death. Ask him for help, and he will help, sometimes in the most surprising of ways.